Today on the Tim Manor Podcast Show, we've got James Calderbank, the owner, founder of Transform Hub. It's one of the fastest growing boutique fitness franchise gyms. That's correct. Absolutely is. How do, right? In the UK. Just in the UK. Yeah, yeah, in the UK. Yeah. How do people, James, change their relationship with money? Small businesses. Yeah. It's something that I've struggled with about... Um, Am I worthy enough to earn money? And got this still this small business mindset of how do you make that shift from being like sort of? Do you understand what I mean? So, you, so are you thinking for more the business owner, entrepreneur, yeah, yeah, yeah. not the clients, not yeah. changing the clients' mindset? Yeah, more yeah, yeah. I think you've got to. I, th- I think you've got to get to a point where you've got undeniable proof that what you do is outstanding. You've yeah. got to believe in your product and. I think there's a lot of things where people say, oh, yeah, you got to charge what you're worth. But if you're worth nothing, you, you can't... You either will manage to wing charging a lot for it, and then you'll get soon get a bad reputation because you can't deliver. So I think I think you have the to wing build Wing charging is interesting. I've never heard that terminology before. You're just kind of making up a price because you think that's what everyone else is doing. Well, yeah, if, you, if you're a really good salesperson, you can kind of dress anything up to look good. To a if especially if it's like a service-based business, yeah. you can. There's it, it, not a tangible product where it's just like an object in front of you. You know, if you were to buy a watch, like a Rolex or a Ferrari or something, it's a tangible thing. You know, it's worth a lot of money, so you're going to pay for it. But if it was just another car with no badge, you wouldn't be able to charge a lot for it, right? Yeah. So, but when it comes to like the coaching industry, there's no tangible object. And you can easily make fake reviews up. You know, yeah. you can make it look great. And awesome. And then when you actually get into it, there's no substance behind what you're doing. Yeah. And that's why a lot of the, the, the biggest issue I see with the coaching industry is, you know, it's, it's an absolute shit show of a place. Yeah. Um, and yeah, but that doesn't, that's not a long-term solution. So it took us quite a long time to get to the point what we're charging now for things and what we do. But, it's, but we fully believe in it and can say it with conviction because we've got thousands and thousands of documented transformations. We've got you know, an absolute load of franchisees that are making great incomes, changing a lot of lives. We have the undeniable proof that we are worth what, what we charge. So when you have a massive impact on other people and you know you're changing lives daily, you know, that's, that, is, that is, gives you a higher worth. You know, the, more, the, the saying goes, isn't it? The more people you, you help, the more money you'll make ultimately. Have you, have you ever struggled with that relationship with money? Back in the past, like, have you have you always been quite entrepreneurial and you knew what to charge? And I think I've always been entrepreneurial. Um, yeah. I, I, it's just it was just it's just been in my blood since I was a kid, yeah. really. Because people struggle just putting money up, charging for the services to be charged for so long, and they kind of got that thing, or it's kind of a mates rate thing, and to actually, you know, charge people what you're worth. You know what I mean? Yeah, I think I've, ne- I've never personally had a problem charging money to people once yeah. I understand what I'm selling, it's worth it. I, yeah. I'll never sell something I don't believe in. Like, I can't say that with conviction and passion. Like, I th- you know, I think most of my journey of being a personal trainer, I never had to particularly be a, a complex, you know, know every single script and come back because I just sold it with so much passion. But people, I think this is the, th- the thing people forget is that you before you know all the little you know tricks and tips and persuading someone and scarcity and all things the first thing you need is conviction that you know can get someone excited to want to buy off you so it yeah. comes from your energy so yeah it just the sales thing's a real big one that um i think a lot of businesses when they're first starting up and stuff they, they forget the sales side of it and how to sell and what should i charge and things like that they think oh I'll just get a logo get a website and well, ex- exactly. And then we've made that mistake to a certain degree. Right. So we, when we first opened, we were charging like 80 to 100 pounds a month for our, it's, it's kind of a boot camp model, but I'm, it's not, but I'm going to say boot camp because it's kind of relatable to a lot of people. Yeah. So charging 80 to 100 pounds. And then once you get so far with it after a year or two, your account goes, all right, we've got to register for that now. You lose 20%. Mm-hmm. Right. Cool. Right, 100 members. I'm doing a lot of the coaching. <coughs> Uh, and then to get to that next level, you know, need to hire more coaches. That's another two or three grand a month gone. And then all of a sudden, 
what kind of worked for you when you were a sole trader and you might have had one or two part-time coaches working under you in, in our industry. Yeah. It worked really well. Yeah. But then... I think that's what I meant before about look, you're charging a certain price, then all these things accountable that you, you never... And then they've got a real thing about putting the prices up. Yeah, and, that, and, and that's... That, that. And, yeah, and that's it. And ultimately, you, you, you're going to have to bite the bullet at some point because... What happens is when you charge two less as well, convi- sales conviction goes down with your team. The higher the higher price you charge, as long as you can deliver on it, the more conviction your team will have to want to deliver it. The more buy-in your clients will get because it'll be instantly perceived as a higher level service. And the buying dis- we've actually we actually convert more people and get a higher sale rate since we've increased the price by double or triple sometimes. What's the psychology behind that? What's what? Why is that a? Because you're either in the cheapest market, you know, and you'll see. So I won't name names, but you'll see so many like gyms charging fifteen, twenty pound a month, and that's just bottom of the barrel vultures now. You know, it's just competing for the cheapest price and getting the most people through the door. So that is a good market to a certain degree because you've got your 80% of your population that just want a gym that's super, super cheap to go to and they run a few classes a week. And that's that's great. But then you've got the middle ground where, you know, you've got kind of like boutique style places charging from 60 up to 120. But that's the middle ground and there's too many comparisons there. So if you go to the higher end of the market, like we've, we, we were sort of mid-market, but we've, we're, we've been slowly diverting over to the higher market. You get better conviction from the clients and they want better results and they'll, they'll stick to it more because there's a higher price tag on it. So it's like, I forgot, I forgot who, who actually learned this. This isn't my own analogy, but they basically said is, imagine you're trying to get someone to lose weight and they need to lose two stone over eight to 12 weeks. Now, if you're, why would someone struggle to pay 200 pounds for that, but they'd be happy to go and spend eight to 10 grand on liposuction, okay? So the reason why they'd spend 10 grand, because it's pretty much guaranteed, it, they've got the dream, it, it was the, it's the value equation. Alex Hormozy, I think, said this one. So it's the value equation. So you've basically got um, the dream sold to you, the perceived likelihood of achievement, which is pretty much guaranteed, unless unless you die on the operating table or something. <laughs> um, and then you've got the time collapse. So it's done in a very short period of time, and you know you know you know you're going to get it. It's a very likelihood, and that equals the value and why someone will pay that much, right? So the reason why someone will but you know won't want to pay two three hundred pounds for a six-week body transformation program but ultimately get them the same result and sort the mindset out is because it's sold to them in a way where it's comparing it to too many other people in the area so you have to have something that's completely different and you not just sell it in a way but deliver in a way that's totally different where you're selling an outcome not a number of sessions so as soon as you take yourself out of the realm of comparison, you can charge what you want pretty much. We've tried 200 pounds, three, four, five, six, 700 pounds, and it doesn't, the buying decision, we, we always close at about 70 to 80%. When someone comes in our hub for an appointment, on average, yeah, some months where it's lower, like Christmas or something like that, but on average, 78% will always buy. And that's never changed. And it's, in fact, it's gone up a bit since we've gone to two, three, four, 500 pounds, the more we got up. But the more, We've gone up in price, the level of results has increased, retention's increased, compatibility, uh, compliance, sorry, to the program, the better staff retention we've got because they're more proud of what they do and because they charge more, they want to deliver better. So it's not just about making extra profit. You know, every business should want to make as much profit as possible because that's why we work on Nutsack because we want a great lifestyle. But in turn, people get better results and they get a better buy-in. So it's putting yourself in the Ferrari Lamborghini market and not the Nissan market. How many players are there in the Nissan market? And that, you know, out, you know, lower end Audis, Vauxhalls, things like that. It's such a big competitive environment. But at the, at the top, the top 10%, the price isn't an object because you know you're getting the best. So that's what we've started to position ourselves. We've gone for a mid-market product, but even though they're going to a higher price, it's still 10 times cheaper than personal training, but, and we get better results because it's a community-based program 
and we've got more funds to be able to invest in systems. So it gets it eliminates one-to-one personal training instantly and it's cheaper and it gets 10 times better results. And that's how we do it. Value, isn't it? Yeah, so it, you if you can guarantee someone that result as well, go, right, well, if you don't get results, if you only get results after two weeks, you let us know, we'll give you all your money back. All you have to do in the app is make sure that you've taken a picture of every meal you're eating and you fill out your food diary, honestly, and you've done your, your weigh-ins every other day, Monday, Wednesday, Friday. So if after two weeks you're not getting results and you've done that, let me know, Take, get your money back. I think we've had like one refund out of hundreds of hundreds and hundreds, probably thousands of people doing this. That's incredible, that mate, isn't it? Yeah. But then the real value is going over to a twelve the twelve month long term program, because we're not selling someone a, a bunch of sessions. Yeah. As soon as people say, "Oh, you get three classes a week," you know, it's this, you know, the fun. Every fucking one does that. Yeah. <laughs> so you're putting yourself in a comparison market. But go. Yeah. But what we do is we get your results through group personal training, nutrition, accountability, and fun, and you're buying a result. Because when people say to us, oh, they might text in or message on Facebook or ring in or something and go, so how many classes do we get a week? We'll go, we don't do classes, sorry. And they're like, they're mind-blowing. They're like, well, how do you do it then? So it's a results-based program. And that's why it'll never, our program will never be a fad because we're not selling a, a certain sort of class or, or anything like that. Or We're, we're selling a result. So the, our approach might change. We might stop doing personal training. Who knows? <laughs> And something better might come out there, but we are there to get someone a result and get the get them in the best shape possible and feeling awesome. I mean, so, the before and afters, mate, that you've got are fucking insane, aren't they? You've got like thousands of them. Yeah, we should put more online. Really, we just got we're just, we're yeah, just yeah. We're trying to get the new uh, stuff yeah. ready with you before we launch yeah, them all. Yeah, yeah, we'll do that. <laughs> um, and then, and then selling someone into longer term programs so like our twelve month program. If someone joins up to that after twelve months, uh, sorry, if they don't get the result in twelve months that we promise and have checked everything in the app that they should have done, we'll keep, well, we said, so we'll keep working with you for free for up to six months till you hit your goal. You can't build it things a real big thing with you, isn't it? And, and keeping, holding people accountable for, look, we'll do our side of the uh, the bargain if you yeah. hold up your side of the bargain. Exactly. Because we know if, if someone sticks to it, we know it works. So you log everything and, you know, we'll, we'll get you the results. And we and so that's why people <coughs> are willing to part with the money yeah. with it more because we guarantee it how many franchises have you got now we've got 34 signed locations um and what that means is people we've got we've got we've got 20 yards that are open yeah and then the rest are signed looking for units and or going through the process of bill work and stuff so so what's that a 400 percent growth year on in, year in three years we've grown um 1500 percent crazy really that's fucking nuts that isn't it when you look uh, I don't really think about it too much though, but when you look back and then like compare your yearly accounts and stuff you go fuck <laughs> why don't you look back on it what what are you do- why? I'm just too busy looking forward to what we're doing are you yeah do you never give yourself that moment where you just stop and just think fucking hell James yeah sometimes and then we're quickly onto something else. I will I will do like we're, just, we're, we're in there wartime at the minute so it's just you know we've not got time to look can I ask you a, go for it it's going to be a little bit of a personal question go but for like, it like when you bought your Lambo right did you enjoy that yeah did you loved it yeah but and, and was that because I always think about this sometimes it's like is my, my relationship with money and stuff like that look I'm not a Lambo person but I get it look listen if you can get one you get one I just wondered when you got that were you like oh brilliant I've had it for a week and then I was like I'm over it now uh, do you mean so, what do you mean so just just to clarify was the it, question was, it, was the Lambo really you or did you get it just to kind of say to yourself look I've got enough money to like kind of buy one I bought one and, and then after a week, you were like bored of it. And then no, I, it was, it was, it, I, I, I didn't, I, I didn't have it for more than a year. Um, I'll get onto why that was in a minute, but I got it. I had the best six months of my life. So I went on a load of driving trips, met a load of new mates. I'd just moved up to Cheshire at the time. Yeah. So I ended up getting, you know, I didn't, I moved away from Preston, you know, without growing a few people, didn't have many mates left to be honest, because yeah. it's the growth. It's just a natural process of what happens. Yeah. Um, and then I ended up, I ended up meeting a load of new people over at Lamborghini uh, on some of those trips. That opened circles, and I met a load of other people. Yeah. So because of that one car, yeah, I've met some amazing friends that I'm still extremely 
close with. Yeah. Um, and it as a not as a direct impact of that, I ended up getting the, the investment for AJ yeah. Bell because someone. So just tell me what you've written on on, on the cupboard. What's so it says, life is better with outstanding people. And this is what you're saying: is surround yourself with people like that. Yeah, and, 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 yourself and, and just in. to get super clear, it doesn't mean being surrounded with people that have done well with money. But you know, so many people that can't, you know, haven't got the entrepreneur mindset. But I've got some of the the most incredible people I've got around me. Yeah. You know, I've not set up massive businesses. Some of them work for for us. Some of them. You know, indirectly work for us, and we do a bit of work with them, and they're, they're so inspirational because how their mind works. So it's just having people that think on another different wavelength and look at life completely different. Yeah. You know, someone's just progressing. You know, progression doesn't mean more money. Sometimes, you know, and that's why I think that's going to a bit like when I, when I started earning a certain amount of money. Yeah. You know, as soon as you're earning over five, six, seven k a month, you don't it's, unless you're wanting to you know spend thousands in a club on a Saturday night or get private jets and just go on ridiculous holidays all the time, which I'm not against. It doesn't change your life quality anymore. So it, what's, what I found with it is once I got to a certain level with it, I didn't, it didn't change my life at all. And then it, as I hit, got my, my, my finances secure and I felt more and more financially secure, I just enjoyed the process of growing the business and mentoring people more and more. The battle for money stops because it comes a bit easier. Then you actually just enjoy the process of mentoring people and growing yourself. And then the, and then because we're helping more people. And I get people. I get that from you a lot. Yeah, yeah. Do you know what I mean? Because I get that from you a lot. That's why I wanted to ask you about the Lambo um, question because I wondered where that I didn't, where that I didn't, fit within James's yeah. identity in a way. It wasn't... I thought it... I, when I was younger, you know, the yeah. fir, so the first supercar I ever wanted was an Audi R8. I love cars. R8. So I got the R8 about a year before the Lambo. As soon as I come out of lockdown, you know, we started turning some good money. I was like, right, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to just go... I was going to rent one for a weekend because I just, just wanted one. Yeah. And I went, I'm about to spend two grand on this for a day. Yeah. I was like, but then my partner went, why don't you just buy one? I was like, yeah, I can actually. <laughs> so I went and bought one instead. And then I was like, yeah, this is amazing. And that, that was like, it wasn't really like a status thing. That was like a childhood dream. Yeah. Since I think the first R8 that came out. Just kind of a tick. Do you remember the manual one? The VA yeah, yeah, one? yeah, yeah, yeah. That was on the wall on a poster. And it was just, it was just a, it was a bit of nostalgia. Like I've always wanted it. Yeah, yeah. Um, so that was kind of classic cars now, aren't they? Oh, amazing. Yeah. So that's what I wanted from that point of view. And then I sold that because when the, the car market went a bit mad after lockdown, mm. you know, sold it, made a good bit of profit on that car. It was a bit of a no brainer. And then, uh, I, and then I got the Lamborghini and I, I don't know what actually made me go for it. I just, I saw someone driving one on the YouTube. I was like, I haven't one of them now. Cause it, because I love cars. I don't, I'm, if, if you look on my uh, Instagram, I've not got pictures of cars all over it. It's not, it's not my identity, but I just love fucking cars. And it's cool, you know, where people looking at you and they're like buzzing and people like kids are dead excited because I used to be that kid. So that's, those when the kids are like, oh my God, these yeah, Lamborghinis yeah, yeah, going yeah, yeah. fast and everything like this. Those, those like really cool moments of it. Um, but yeah, so I just enjoyed the circles and you know, the buzz of just like, yeah, driving yeah. the thing around super fast. And then, yeah, and then it got a bit, it got closer to winter and I got a bit bored and I put my foot down once and the back end slid out, span out and I was like, this needs to go now. Um, but yeah, so I've just, I'm not really got any supercars at the moment because I just, I probably will do it at some point again, but it's just not a priority at the minute. So when you, when obviously you got this Lambo, right? Um, and then you got like a certain circle of friends around you. Um, can you talk to me a little bit about the loneliness about being James Calderbank and having to get rid of those toxic people around you? To actually, for you to for you to move into the, I know these are personal questions. No, mate, no, I'm, I'm trying to think like, the best way to answer that. Um, I've always been on my own path. Like I've never yeah. massively fit in with a lot of crowds and stuff. So I, I wouldn't say my, I, I've I started to feel ultimately that lonely. You know, I've always been on my own. Yeah, but I've not been a maverick. I love working with team and people. But I've always thought very differently. So I found it very. Di- I don't. I don't kind of fit into the normy sort of, you know, lifestyle. So I've always thought very differently. Always thought outside the box quite a lot. And it doesn't, it's not very often, you know, you come across people, you know, like we can have this yeah, conversation yeah, now that understand yeah, yeah, these yeah, conversations. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Some people just don't care and that's fine. It's, there's no, there's nothing wrong with that. So I kind of like always been like, I, I used to think there was something wrong with me. 
Yeah. But actually, as I've grown up, I've realized some superpower. Yeah. Um, so yeah, and then I moved, when I moved to Warrington, I moved to Stockton Heath because we were setting up the Warrington site. After, after lockdown, we were just like, I just need to get out of Preston. I want to go and try some new things. Um, yeah, that was a bit lonely. I, I, didn't, I didn't have anyone around me because I'm, I'm very close to my family and they all live in Preston. Even actually an hour drive away, when you're busy, it's not quite as simple as just nipping down and coming back. I used to live five minutes away. Yeah. So I think the hardest bit about that, you know, was not having family around and, and you know, some of my friends that I used to knock around with, you know, they're great people, I still talk to them now. Um, but, you know, there's not as much in common. Yeah. So, you, you know, it's not, you just can't relate to people as much. Um, and then, yeah, and then getting the cars and stuff, we just started mixing in better circles. And, you know, that, and then I started to realize, actually, there's so many people out there that do think like me. Yeah. And then, and then you just got to find them, but you've got to earn your way up to be in them circles, haven't you? What do you mean by that? How do you do that, James? Well, if you don't, if you don't grow personally, you know, why would why would someone that that's dedicate the whole life to growth and development of themselves and other people want to knock around with someone that's not like that? It's not it's not a, it's not like a negative thing, but yeah. you just you attract in what you are, don't you? Yeah, I mean, it's something I've been thinking about recently is like, uh, what does that person bring to the table? It's like, look, I'm sitting at a table with you. I'm, I'm, I'm bringing stuff to the table. You're bringing stuff. And it's a nice exchange. Yeah. There's people who come to my table and don't give me anything. They just take from my table. Yeah. And I'm just like, look, I'm sorry about this, but like, I can't have you in my life. It's like, you're not bringing anything to it. Yeah. Because you, you, you have people, it drains your energy. You've only, when you're busy, especially, you don't know this, yeah. you've only got so much time. Yeah. Why would you, like... Positive energy is so much easier to give than negative. Yeah. So, you know, a few positive things are so much easier to, to, than to give to some, like your energy that's negative to someone that drains you. You know, so if, you, if, you, if it's just a constant battle and it's your drain, it feels 10 times harder than having that same conversation that's positive, doesn't it? Yeah. You know, you might, you might be sat here for 15 minutes having a conversation, but 15 minutes of something inspiring is a lot easier on the soul than 15 minutes of negative. And I'm not saying I avoid negative things. You have to have difficult conversations. Yeah. But when you choose to spend time with people, 90% of the time, it should be positive. If you've got the right people around you, there shouldn't be that much drama going on. What do you do for personal development and personal growth? What can, what, what do you do to actually, you oh. know, sort of like elevate your thinking, elevate your soul? I used to just read load of books and you can definitely learn things from that. But I think, I think most people fall into the trap that they become a book expert, but not a life expert. Yeah. So they know everything about it, but not actually how to do it. So I, the, I still read and listen to podcasts now because it's good for inspiration, but you just got to go out and just make some mistakes and get shit done. If you don't, if you're not going out and just trying things, the, the real lessons in life are learned from experience. Yeah. You know, I'm not studying out of a book to be a medical professional or I'm going to be a surgeon. You know, it's life-threatening for people. Yeah. I can kind of afford to make mistakes. It's not going to be hurting anyone, right? And I, I think there's two very different realms here. Going into being a good business owner and a good person, you know, you don't necessarily need a degree or, you know, any business experience. But if you're dedicating your life, you know, to something massively medical, then, yeah, you, <laughs> there is... Yeah processes you need to go through so i just want to be super clear on what i mean by that yeah, yeah. but you just got to throw yourself in and go for it don't overthink it and you know you're going to make some mistakes but enjoy them just, i mean just, I, I, it's I, how I, you I, it's how you perceive your stress isn't it yeah then mistakes and learning yeah. and holding being accountable for them kind of making a solution for it and then not dwelling on them and just moving on yeah it's just people you know i put a post out yesterday about people playing it so cautious and mm -hmm. what's it and they don't want to show the passion or that because it's like it's the kind of easy road and yeah we'll get through this by being cautious and and, and it's like mm -hmm. you got to take bold risks man sometimes you got to be all right with making mistakes yeah. you got to be all right looking like a dick you have to be opti optimistically cautious haven't you yeah so you got to don't be make sh don't be a complete idiot where you know you got to think things through, but you got to take a risk, yeah. enjoy it, you know, because take enough risk, something will pay off eventually. It takes a person to do that though, doesn't it? It takes the person at the top to make that risk. It is, it, you, you know, I don't, I, I genuinely don't think everyone's cut out. I think you're born with it, you're not. I think, I, I think to a certain degree, it's got to be deep within you. 
like I've, I was didn't take a lot of risks at some points in my life, but it was always burning inside me to do it. You know, if you're just not, if you're just not a risky person, then, you know, you've got to understand what your values are and what you want out of life. Yeah. So if I, if I want complete financial freedom and then have to work again by the time I'm 40, which I do want to work, but that I want to be able to not work if I choose to, you know, when I start having a family at some point, everything like that, I want to be able to be present and, and spend all that time with them if I choose to. So if you're, that's your goal and you never want you or your family to have any money worries ever again and you want to change the world, then you've got to take big risks. But if your goal is, you know, to have a really relaxed, balanced life, you know, you know just a nice working life, then you've got your, to see your family every night, Saturday, Sunday, and that's your goal, then why would you risk losing all that when you're already at your goal anyway? So if you've got a deep burning drive to get to a certain position. Yeah, that's my problem. There's that deep burning in Yeah, and, and then as soon as you try and as soon as you try and restrict that, yeah, 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 you yeah. feel you feel equally strangled. Yeah. So when people say, Oh, you need to relax a bit. Yeah, you need to calm down. You oh, need to calm down, Tim. No, people say, James, you need to relax a bit. I thought, it's not me. I don't want to relax. I I love the adrenaline, I love the fight, I love it. Yeah. You know, some days I need a, just a day off where I just, you know, put want to put my head in a freezer for an hour. But, you know, vast majority of the time, I, I want to be working. I love it. And it, it, it's, that is my hobby and my passion. Some people want to, you know, stop work at 3 p.m. Friday and go off cycling for the weekend. But that is my thing. Like, other people have their thing. So I think you've got to be very careful who you listen to. You know, only, the, the, the people that are in, especially if, if relatable to me for business, the people that I look up to in business that achieve what I want, I'd never tell me to only work three days a week. <laughs> but your family members, you know, bless them, it's not their fault, that haven't got that or didn't want that will tell you to come back down to their level and relax more. Yeah. So you've got to listen to who you're learning of. Yeah, I just I, again, and it's something I put out there about like everybody deserves an opinion, but everybody deserves a say. You've got to understand those people around you who deserve a say. Yeah, on, on, so honesty is fine, but it doesn't mean it's true. Yeah, true that, isn't it? Yeah, you like you know, like we sometimes you know, like we can have a little like we can't please every single member at our hubs. You know, it's just we run a a, a model where hundreds of people come through our doors each month one person it didn't work for or they go yeah. it doesn't you know it doesn't work this program and it's like well right thanks for your honesty but that's, it doesn't mean that's true yeah I mean when I first heard about it and then obviously you know we chatted in a bit more and stuff and got into like I'm just like wow it's a fucking mint business model yeah it's, yeah it's it's great. it makes perfect sense but at first I was like well, yeah. I think, I think like, what's people, this don't, un- it? You understand. people don't understand it yeah. and this is why we're working for you Tim like yeah we internally we've got this outstanding model, but we've outstanding, mate. Honestly, I'm not just saying appreciate that. Appreciate that. Yeah, appreciate it. And it, but I think what's I think the it's not a mistake. We've just been so busy. We've had to choose our priorities. Yeah. But we've just not spent enough time developing on the message to the you know because you your marketing's a shot window at the end of the day. Yeah. So basically, we've just had the shutters down for a yeah, long time. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's the way you look at it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So we yeah. just need to get the shutters open yeah. and have the, the the revamped you know shot window in there yeah, so yeah. people can really see what we do. But I think it's been yeah, wow. it's been shifting, changing that much though. I think if we did this twelve months ago, it changed again. But we're getting to a point where ninety five percent of the business is solid, and it's just a little incremental changes. Yeah, I think it just when you told me about like bleeding blue and stuff like that, I'm just like, whoa! I'm like, that's a fucking brand we're talking about there. There was yeah. a, there was a thing, and I think that's come from experience to kind of maybe you wouldn't have had that when you first started, but you've got it now because they're doing it. And they're like, right, well, we need to sort of centre our brand. But when we talk about members internally, yeah. got, like we think about who would love this, who would you know? Because we have an ambassador program where they'll help with weigh-ins, measurements, and then they'll get you know discounts and memberships and stuff. So we have yeah. like an ambassador program; they'll get hoodies exclusively. And when we're thinking, they go, like Wendy will go, yeah, they bleed blue. And it, you can just think your members straight that, away. Yeah, yeah. And we don't, we probably don't do enough of it with the new size. It's weird because it, you can't actually see that it's something that you really feel. And like yeah. when you've started talking about clients and stuff like that. And they Wendy also love and, the hub. The yeah. hub. The, it's the hub. Yeah. 
The hub. <laughs> That's what they get. I love the hub. I love the hub. The hub's it's amazing. got to come from them, the brand that we're doing. Yeah. And, I, you know, me and Gaz, when we're doing this, we've thought all about that. Everything you're about and yeah. how it feels first off. And then we'll know what it's... Exciting. We'll know when the shutters go up, it looks right because yeah. we, we've done it from inside. Yeah. I know we skated over this quick, right? You, you've got an investment there, haven't you? Yes. Yeah, yeah. Which is fucking... I don't think you've... Have you sat back and gone, fucking AJ Bellavlar, like fucking... Invest in me a Yeah, just just for clarity, it's 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 Andy and Fergus. So Andy was the founder. Yeah. And then uh, Fergus obviously came in director as well. Yeah. So it's not AJ Bell. It's the it's the founders owners right. that have invested personally, mate. But it's still the same thing. Come yeah. Um, but yeah, so um, it, that's what off the back of the Lamborghini talk. I started to speak to a really nice guy. He just, I think he sold his business at 160 million a few years ago. And we're talking to him. I was just on like a driving event with him. He's like, oh, we invest now. Yeah, I've got this money and I don't, I basically got this massive tax bill I need to, yeah. you know, inheritance thing. You know, we've got to invest the money, otherwise we get a massive tax bill on it. So he started to say, oh, I want to invest. And then we had a few other people, like a uh, quite a big gym chain actually was looking at buying us. Really? Yeah, I had a few chats, but it didn't, it didn't it just something didn't feel right to do it what was it what was it that didn't feel right James because obviously they must have offered you quite a lot of money and what, what didn't feel like the right people to do it I just I don't know just didn't didn't do anything negative just didn't vibe it's just what the wavelengths were different so then so you're going on gut reaction there right you're going off like your did, guts telling you not to do something there yeah or, or you know on paper how important is that I'm a massive believer in energy and you know and how it's transferred around people you know you, you know I can walk in a room and just sense something straight away. Whether it's me, like, I'm, to this day, where I've employed staff, and I thought like, I shouldn't have taken them on, I prove myself right every time. Every single time. Uh, and literally, I've, every time I've trusted my gut, it's always worked out. To a degree, you've got to have numbers in front of you as well, and you've got to have other things to support what you're saying. But sometimes, even if it does work out okay, maybe your gut was just saying that we can do better than this. So it doesn't mean it might have been a bad negative relationship. It might have just been something's going, nah, I feel like something's better for it. You can, you know when, when you come into an end of a phase in your life and you go, yeah. there's something else brewing here. Yeah. Yeah, and then, yeah. you know, I got that bit of a feeling. So I was like, right, I'm going to sit on it. I didn't say no. And then I moved to Lim after that. Then my next door neighbour, um, who um, I rented the house off, or still renting off now, um, he's like, oh yeah, I could come around for a beer. Got this, you know, big, um, Irish bar in his uh, house and I was like wow what's in this I was like, wow this is incredible it's in the helicopter landing a few times yeah. every a few times a week and I was just like and then we just got on really well and it wasn't even about investment he's like, oh yeah we just you know because we you know I think they've started to cash a lot of their um, shares out and I don't really know the full ins and outs of it but the, I know they were going through the best in a load of businesses and then yeah we just chatted for a few months and um and then we just went with them and they, they weren't like full-time investors but they just did it because they love it and it's so far ended up being an amazing relationship so obviously they got a gut feeling about you it's not just are they are they just investing in business there james or are, think, are they think, investing in you and they got a good 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 gut feeling about you well from my from my experience with investing in franchises or staff my take on it, if I if I had millions and millions in the bank ready to invest now, it would be off people. You, you can have someone that's got the best plan and a nice business, but can I? Do I think they're going to take it to the next level? You know, if take we take on franchisees that, you know, they end up doing okay, but the ones that got a good instinct for them, oh, fuck me, they're going to be winners. They smash it, and they yeah, you know, everyone, all the franchise did do really well, but they just on that even next level. What is it, James? In someone passion, you- energy. But pleasing passion, I think that's, I think, you know, with, with, I think if I'm being totally honest with myself, um, I like to think that, um, you know, that's what I, I vibe off. You know, pe- people believe in me that I can pull things off. And I always have done. I, you know, it, it might not end up being in the strategy that I thought initially thought, but anything I set my mind to, I pull off. And that's what I do. What is that ADHD spectrum there's a laser focus in you that like once you get your fucking sights on it, it well, i of... didn't i didn't know this at times like is there something wrong with me but then a few months ago someone like, do you think you got adhd i was like i never really thought about yeah, it because yeah. i was like i'm not labeling myself for something yeah but i was like oh, i'm gonna get a test anyway i did one online it said most likely like an online form 
So I booked in with some local clinic in Chester. Right. And it was, yeah. And and after a few weeks of like psychologists, it's like, yeah, you're off the scale, mate. (laughs) But, and the first week of that was a bit weird. Hmm. Um, But then I remember going back. But it's a superpower. Absolutely. It's not negative whatsoever. But as long as you can kind of control it, because like sometimes when I get my focus in on something it can fucking easily like drain the shit out of me when I'm like lying on the couch for three days because I've, I've like totally consumed every bit of energy I need to when I get my sights on something just be yeah 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 exactly balanced with it well it, yeah but is, is balance the real you no not really me you, you know you got to rein it in sometimes for the sake of the loved ones around you some, yeah. I think but that's your superpower yeah, some people's superpowers to be really calm and bring people down. Yeah, I've got those people around me. Yeah, and but some what some else superpower because I called Gaz the Dark Cloud because when I'm fucking going like that, he'll bring the cl- and he'll kind of just bring me down and I appreciate him for it. Yeah, 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 yeah. But there's also times when he knows that I'm and yeah. he, I'm, he's just like, right, okay. Go. You have to learn to love it. Yeah, yeah. And, and I think realizing not going into get yourself into a downward. Sp- Spire where you completely burn yourself out. Like ADHD, yeah, that's what I used to be. That used to scare the shit out of me. Mate. A- I'm just like ADHD because your mind's in overdrive. Yeah. You, you psychologically can just really burn yourself out if you're not careful. Yeah. So I think like meditation things helps, but you know yeah. that hyper focus is awesome. Like no one really. Yeah. I go. I have some like bit hyper phases where I'm like, but a lot of the time I've learned to be really relaxed with it. Yeah. And I can. I've learned to channel in and out of it so yeah I'm, I'm proud of it and um, yeah. you know God bless who give it me <laughs> or what give it me what give it yeah yeah most, most if you if yeah. you look at um, if you look at if you just google it some of the top billionaires in the world are all ADHD um, Bill Gates has got it yeah. um, Richard Branson you know all these guys that think f- far like that they're, they're not wired up to think slow yeah um, so that's a, it is a superpower yeah yeah, I think um, the breath work and meditation has definitely helped me out balance it. Um, so have you got it then? Have you have you been diagnosed? I don't, I don't know. I just I do, every time I talk to somebody and I, I connect with somebody on on a certain level like you, like on a frequency, I'm like I'm talking to myself here. So and, the, and there's actually you might, I'm not really bothered to be honest, James. I'm, I'm not really bothered. If I, it, I think I have, I've learned not to be label myself. It's just me. Yeah. I don't ADHD. That's just what someone's put some characters of the alphabet yeah, onto yeah, yeah. yeah it just it just means that it's just we're just more neurodivergent than other people but yeah. they've proven like literally like people on the autism spectrum adhd spectrum because adhd is a spectrum yeah it's not it's not autism but it's on the spectrum yeah you will bounce energy off people that are on spectrums yeah so like autism, even people like high, high, like high function autism, you know, not, I don't mean someone that's really has severe learning difficulties, but someone that's a high function, like that's got yeah, autism yeah. or ADHD, yeah. you'll just vibe off it straight away. Yeah, I love it. You know, my, love my, my, one of my best mates, Martin, that I train with every morning, you know, we're just, just every time it's like, <gasps> yeah, yeah, let's do something like, exciting. Just like that. Feet are like this yeah, going yeah, around, yeah, like yeah, getting yeah. excited over stuff. Yeah, and that's just that in it. Min, love it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's good, and it, I think some people see it as negative, um, and then you. But you've got to learn to change your mindset and realize it's fucking awesome. And then you get, but you pump other people around you. you know, it's yeah. good energy to have. I think that's what I struggled with when I was like younger and having friends around me. Where they're on a, operating on a different frequency, and they're always kind of down here, but they try to bring me down yeah. the frequency down. Why, Scott? How do you not see this? Yeah. <laughs> what I'm seeing. Yeah. Because it, what's, what, I think what it makes it amazing is you see 10 times more things than, yeah. you know, a, like a, a normal mind will see. Yeah. It makes, because you're so, you're not just hyper-focused on something, but you're hyper-focused on energy and feelings and emotion. You can read, people actually can read people really well. Yeah. I genuinely believe I can look into someone's eyes and, and I can tell instantly if they're a good person. Good that, isn't it? Yeah, I, I know exactly what you mean. I, I know, know exactly what you mean because when I'm having meetings upstairs with people, I've got this person like kind of talking to them and I'm masking the questions. I already know what they want to talk about. I'm asking the questions they want to talk about and I don't know what it You've is. You've read it before. It's yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. I love it. Mm. I love it. Um, what really excites me, mate, is your personal brand. If I'm going to say. I love Transform Up, don't get me wrong. Yeah. I love the What's It, but like what you're going to be doing next. Yeah. What are you going to be doing next? What what feels right for you? Because the mentoring and stuff like that for you 
surrounding yourself with other people like small businesses and stuff and helping them yeah. change that I lo- is really I, I important. Love, I, lo- I love standing up speaking and talking and I love talking about, I've always been pretty good at it. Um, but yeah, I just love educating people on things that I'm passionate about. Mm. You know, seeing, you know, some like, uh, I've, since I've started putting more of my, I've not got that many followers, but since I started putting more of my content, my followers actually going down, but it's good because I'm getting rid of people that don't relate. I don't, I'm not yeah. asked about having thousands and thousands of followers that, that are not interested in. Yes, get rid of them old mates so you find new ones. I totally yeah, it's you know, this is people who've known you in the past and yeah. you know, but then the quality of people that are, that are now interacting with me on there is shifting. The quality of people. Quality of yeah. people. Well, we're not I'm I'm in the fortune industry. I'm not after thousands and thousands and thousands of sales a month. You know, from for a franchise brand to hit my target by twenty twenty five, which is hundred sites, is all I need is one, two even one a month if that at the moment and the next year maybe two every six weeks and then we'll be on track so I'm not overly how much do you show people behind the roller shutter how much did you sort of like when you're doing it on social media and stuff like that how much do you I'll tell someone all of it if they want whatever you want to know now I'd tell you because there's a difference between knowing it and executing it. <laughs> what I really loved, mate, was um, when you told me about the, the analogy of the table when you take one of the legs away. Falls over. Yeah, well, you, t- you will talk about that a little bit. Yeah, go for it. Yeah, so yeah. what is that? Where's that analogy come from? The four... So the, the four steps to transformation at Hub is group personal training, yeah. nutrition, accountability, and fun. Yeah. So with those four, you're setting yourself up to succeed with the body transformation. And to be honest, it's the same. It's the kind of the same for me as how I didn't. Re- I've not realised it until now that that's what I've followed to get to where I am. So I've always had training with mentors. Yeah. I've always had a strategy, e.g., a nutrition plan, but a business plan instead. I've I've always had people guiding me on that. Yeah. The mentors kept me accountable. But four, I've always selected mentors that I have a good laugh with and don't take it overly seriously. Right. So I didn't realise that I think I've just picked up on that naturally, you know, without really realising and putting it onto our clients. Yeah. So it's the same principle I followed to get to where I, to where I am now. You know, I've still got a long way to go. Um, what? So, so what? If you, I forgot the first question you asked. Well, it's now. just them. It's having them four things in place, and it's almost like a oh, table. Yeah. You've got four legs. So in it, yeah, yeah. So in in a. a in a consultation with a client. So you can even make a little chart. So you could put all the different things they've tried across the top. Then you, on the left side on the chart, you, you might put down nutrition, accountability, personal training, fun, and it might be flexibility, time. So you'll ask them, what, what have you tried in the past? They go, I might have joined my local gym, okay. So in that box, okay, so did you get training? Yeah, okay, you got some classes. Okay, so we did a bit of the fitness, mark that, you got that, perfect. Did you get any nutrition? No, I got little guides, so you can't really mark that. Did they get any accountability? Definitely not. Okay, right. Have you tried a personal training? Yeah, I tried a personal training once. So you got the personal training and you probably got the nutrition, but did you get, did they keep you accountable and was it fun? No, bam. So then when you go through the steps like that, like slimming clubs, I don't know what I'm allowed to say, they'll get the accountability, the nutrition to a degree, because these slimming clubs do work because it's reducing calories, so you're gonna lose some fat, so you're gonna get some results. But did you get the training and the, and the, and, and the fun? No. So then what the transfer program does, it checks all the boxes that you need. So I go, right, so Tim, so if you're in the consultation, we're not, if, what would happen now, if that chair you're on, I pull one of the legs away. Gone, falling over. Exactly, so when people come in, they have this guilt that they failed all the time. And it's and we we to get people to transform to start they need to realise it wasn't their fault they've just been guided wrong. Ooh. Yeah, so yeah, can, I love that, mate. Yeah, so can can you see now that it wasn't your fault? Yeah, you just not, not had the right fault. guide. Yeah, no, yeah, yeah. And can you see why you, the, you've fallen off that chair a yeah. few times? They're yeah. like, fuck, fuck. Yeah, shit. And then you know, and that's the val that comes into the you know hormones value equation again. Is if you can deliver that, then that's uncomparable to anything they've done. And then, you know, you can charge more and have less clients then. So you have a premium product. And and what I'm, and these people that do this, they, 
they're not eight out of clients just normal people and they have to find the money sometimes or split it into a couple of payments and things yeah. so it's not just rich people train we have some very wealthy clients but eight out of member base is just the average person that needs help so people will find the money to do something that is going to change their life you invest in yourself exactly so you have to just sell it but if i said yeah, it's a six-week transformation give you a nutrition plan yeah. you get three sessions a week uh, and it's pretty fun you've yeah. got all right, well, I'll go and compare it and see which is cheaper yeah, and come yeah, back yeah. to you. It's uncomparable what you yeah. do. That's yeah. what, that, like you're saying before, it's like that's the thing that really stands out. Um, mm. And I believe in the product. I believe in what, you, what you're doing, which helps us do the brand because we need to believe in it as well. Yeah. Um, and that's why you've been so successful, haven't you? Well, I didn't, I didn't really, I, you know, I didn't, I, never, I didn't originally call it with the six-week. The, the guy that I originally learned six-week challenge off was over in America. So everyone's doing a six-week challenge now, but we've, we were, I think we were fortunate we were one of the first people doing it. Yeah. And, you know, especially in, in Preston when I started. I don't know about the rest of the UK. Um, and then, but as we've adapted and other people are doing it, doing it it's forced us to up-level our service. Yeah. You know, because honestly, when we started, you know, I, I thought, because I, I built up my tra- personal training client base with really close relationships. You know, you make a few mistakes. No one's that bothered. They just enjoy the relationship. But as soon as I set up the gym and we had loads of six-week challenges coming in through our digital marketing, selling them, we didn't even have an email. People are like, oh my, coming in, going, I've been trying to get in contact, you have no number and all this. <laughs> all this sort of stuff. So we've had to go, and it was a mass, I thought I was King Dong, you know, personal trainer, you know, making good money. I was getting amazing clients. I thought I was the best in there. And then I went into the big, the big pond then. Small fish in the big pond, and then you know it could have eaten me alive. <laughs> a shark could have got me, but it didn't turn into the shark instead. <laughs> but that's just who you, you are as a person. Yeah. You adapt and change, don't you? Yeah, because a, a lot of a lot of personal trainers they, they get scared of moving out because they're a big fish in a small pond. You know, some of the guys that I was doing personal training with, great guys, you know, very knowledgeable, but they're still doing it now. Yeah, doing the same thing, you know, and that's fine if that's what they want, but. You know, I know people do say they want to level up, but they're not willing to take the jumps. You, you can't, you know, if, if it's just about your ego and feeling really important in a small pond, yeah. um, people, you're not going to I don't think people really understand what it takes to level up. You don't. They don't understand. The, the, what I always got told is like... The darkness that comes in when you got to level up. Oh, God. The yeah. loneliness, the fucking sleepless nights, the lights. You want to feel like the brutal. most stupid person in your circle. Yeah. Yeah, sleepless nights, mate. Covid was tough. I don't know about you. No, I loved it, mate. Did you? Yeah, I loved did it. you? Did your business carry on? Like, yeah, well? business carried on. Yeah, we. we um, I thought furloughed um, everybody. Well, I, I just I carried on. I was just walking in from what's it? Just fucking got my head down. Yeah, I was just like me and Lee were the only person left on the boat. We were just doing all the work. Right, right. And that's what I need to do. But I just wanted to furlough everybody. But I topped everybody's wages up hundred percent. Yeah. Um, just so look after your staff look after them yeah, yeah. I, I, I totally believe in that but just got really, me down mate I was I was designed for great for I you. was designed for COVID yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm great on my own I do like my team and I love, what was it but I love my own company just me and the dog mate every day just walking working my head down graft just like I'm just yeah. like it was great fucking backs against the wall that's the, when I'm like come on I love that for come you on, that's awesome come the, on. the first six months mate I was I, I've got. A, I'm going to be careful what I say now, but yeah. I've got a very different view on depression. Yeah. Personally, my own experience. I think it's every time I felt depressed or thought I was depressed as a disease, it's all my own doing. So every time I've always managed to pull myself out of a depressed situation, and it's usually because I've not been dealing with things. Yeah. So I was. I felt very depressed for the first three to six months at least of lockdown. I had no money. Literally, like we hardly, because obviously I'm self-employed, didn't get much furlough and things. So I was shit scared. I was, I thought everything. I, I don't think I think only had three or four gyms at the time, but I was fucking shit. I thought I lost everything. My, my self worth was like here. Um, I'll get a picture up late and show you. Yeah. I f- like I, I went fat. <laughs> my head looked like a melon. <laughs> it was like my cheeks were like it looked like a what, what, like the sun. What you just like? Do you remember the sun of Teletubbies? Yeah, yeah. It was like my head was like round like that. Really? And they're just they're not. You just comfort eating. Uh, just like one pizza a night, and then a few beers every night, and then because you sat doing jack shit all day, and I had my own gym, so I could have probably gone to my own gyms at the time, but I just felt that down. I was getting. I get out of bed at like eleven o'clock, and then I think after about twelve weeks, 
I was so Dave will probably watch this podcast now. I think I've told him this in the past, but Dave, if you're going to be listening to this, mate, you, you inspired me. So uh, my friend Dave Price, um, I can't remember I met him now, but I think, I think he trained at the same gym as me. Um, but he, where I I was on a street called Siskin Road in, in Cottom in Preston, and there was these new houses being built. He was building, I think it's something called Edgewater Oaks. And they were being built at the other side of the canal. And every time I used to walk past, I used to see the progression. You know, I see him on Instagram, you know, be pulling up his Range Rover. You know, these houses are still getting built. Half of them are already sold. You know, he's similar age to me and he's like, you know, early, mid-30s. And it just, I went, fuck me, James. Like, you need to, like, it, it just made me level up. And then I talked to him a bit on Instagram. And then I went in. I don't know if I should have done. Um, I went in, he showed me the house and these big houses. Like, not only was it, I was happy for him and the progression he was still making in lockdown. I was like, I want, I still want a house like this. I can't let, let this ruin my vision for all now. Cause I, I like, I'm not, I won't say I'm a materialistic things, but I, I like freedom and, 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 you know, I want space, you know? And then when I saw the houses and then these mates were landing in helicopters in the back garden, I was just like, James level up, man. So literally what I did. What, what in that moment you did like a real quiet word with yourself. Was it just, at that I, point just walking, Jay, or is it just yeah, over just, a few days? Yeah, I walked days? Two, twice a day, an hour a day, just walking, 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 walking. Just, I didn't, I had to keep my mind occupied. So then what happened was, I just, the first, I just started getting myself training. Um, I trained at home. <laughs> That's all I was allowed to do, train at home. Yeah. So I trained at home every day. Yeah. Um, and then, um, and then I just got myself back into a rhythm, started leading my team better. And then we, because we, because I never spent a lot before lockdown, we we had quite a lot of cash reserves, and then we got some grants in and things like that. So cash wise, you know, weren't in that bad of a position. Um, and then a few gyms started going under, and then started buying. I bought a gym for like ten grand, bought another one for twenty grand, and then just sat on it. You know, there was a lot of rent relief grants going around, so we just sat on it, just sat on it. And then when we come out, when we started to get that lockdown, out come out that one for a month in November. We did a quick three-week program, had a little bit of cash. You know, just started to get a bit of footing in the area. Um, and then we came out of that again, didn't we? And then um, and then the last four months leading to us opening, I just cranked it up as like, right, when I come out of lockdown, I'm going to be in the best shape of my life. My friend Ryan Cartwright, um, I don't know if you know Ryan, but bodybuilder in Preston. I signed up with him, started online coaching. He gave me rocket up the arse. Says, I am going to get in the absolute best shape possible. I'm going to come out of this being the fucking best human being I can possibly be. I spent two hours a day at home working out. And then, so I trained in the morning, trained at night, did what I needed to do to get in that shape. I stuck to my meal plan. And then because my mindset just leveled so much, I was like, I'm going to scale the living shit out of this thing and just... You know, I had the motivation stuff. I was meditating every morning because I had the t- actually the time to focus on me in yeah, the end. Yeah, yeah. And I, I got past my own bullshit. Yeah. And then, um, yeah, and then Jed, who's now got three sites with us, he was one of our diehard members. He'd become a coach. He's oh, like, James, amazing. I, I want a hub. And he, Jed stuck this, get Jed on your podcast at some point. You know, he went for a really bad time years ago. His son died in his sleep. Oh, wow. When he was 12. Uh, Jed went to massive about depression. I'll come back, it explains, I'll come back full circle. I've not lost lost my track of what I'm saying. Um, and then Jed, um, long story short, pulled himself out of depression, joined them, our hub in Preston. Loved it that much. Got himself in shape. He's 44, six pack. I got him a six pack. I got, we did, went and did a photo shoot with him. He got in amazing shape. And he's like, fuck, man, I love this so much. So he's walking around, all the women, like he's a proper dilf. Yeah, yeah. Jed, you'll, you'll know what, yeah, you know, I always call him the dilf. Shout out, Jed. He's a proper, <laughs> shout out, big up, Jed. Proper dilf. You'll be laughing at this when he listens to it. Um, and then Jed was like, yeah, well, I, I want a hub. I was like, oh shit, best get some agreements together there, haven't we? Anyway, so rang a few franchise companies. One of my friends owns a franchise. I was like, mate, they were, oh yeah, just use Ashton's or whatever they were called in. Uh, yeah, Ashton's franchise listers, whatever. So I got them to whip me an agreement up. And then I literally, me, Wendy and Justin, went to our Preston site, just made a massive map on the floor, all white sheets, right? What roles happen when? What times does this happen? And we didn't have that much systems in place until then. 
And then we just got it all on the floor and just built like a flow chart on the floor. Shit. Then I literally, I think I'd taken like two modafinils a day at this point as well to get my head in check. <laughs> um, and then my brain just didn't overdrive. And then literally, it's adapted a lot since. I come out of lockdown, Jed opened. He smashed it within six months, got his second sight. You know, there's a bit, there was a, you know, there was a few things that got missed. You know, yeah. the client experience could have been a lot better, but it's a learning curve and it was a cheaper product at the time and everything like that. And then literally every month now, it's just, it's just processes, processes, process. How can we streamline it? How can we streamline it? How can we streamline it more and more and more and more? Um, and then we went from three sites pre-lockdown, reopened when we could fully reopen with seven sites. By the end of that year, it was 10 sites. And then last year, we've, we finished on 20 sign sites. Now we're on 30 odd sign sites. And that's just, and it's gone from that. And half our franchise have come from our member base as well. So that's something I need to talk to you about, how we, we need to target our, you know, speak to our member base more yeah. from a marketing point of view as well. I think that's, so we're running a lot of ads. It's everything, minute, isn't it? But the best franchise we have come yeah. from clients or close friends. So yeah, so yeah here we are. <laughs> crazy isn't it yeah yeah awesome though you know but you know there's no I don't believe in luck it's all been fortunate I, I, yeah. I've, I've analysed two routes I can always go down and I know it's something me and you have had very similar on this and look I love people who manifest right yeah. we've had this come haven't yeah. we me and you look manifest all you want it's all that but like listen you fucking you got a graft you got a graft yeah yeah right it's alright have these things but fucking get your head down and fucking graft on it you gotta oh, love what? the graft yeah, though yeah, as well yeah. aren't you yeah yeah, the, the people that, that. The, the people that I see in my, not necessarily network, but I just analyze, the people don't love the graph but feel like they're a slave to it. Yeah. High blood pressure, dying, heart attacks, cholesterol issues. But the people that love the stress and it's just, they just thrive off it, are fucking so healthy yeah. um, because they see it differently. Yeah. And the neurolog neurologically, your body just sees it differently and it doesn't, it's a very different type of stress. I think it was a study even pr proven those that enjoyed stress on another level that caused dopamine receptors to increase. Yeah. They actually had a 30% less chance of a heart attack than someone that didn't enjoy the stress. I'm not saying stress always feels good, but ultimately you've got to see it as a positive thing. You know, the, the, the people that are stressed and down in the dumps die quick. Yeah. And then the people that love the stress that are so passionate live longer look my business partner wendy 61 grafting sure daily she she's 61 she looks about 41 doesn't she yeah she because amazing, she loves what she, she do and radiates a beautiful yeah, she's gorgeous energy. energy yeah in and out she's an amazing person and she's still the yeah, age shout, she out wendy. shout out to wendy yeah big big up wendy when wendy's been one of my most solid people in my corner um throughout the whole process. It just goes back to that again, mate, don't it? Get, just get it's I mean, when you know each other, you get 12, 12 years. people around you. Wendy was one of my first clients. She was my first client. This is I went up to her and made it look really busy like I had tens of clients. She's like, God, this guy's an expert. I just, start, <laughs> I just started at the time. <laughs> so <laughs> we always have a laugh about that. But now I knew what I was doing. So. Yeah, and then we've just been like best friends ever since. You know, such a weird, awesome relationship because, you know, she's in this, I'm best friends with someone that's in the 60s. But again, it doesn't matter about age because I don't vibe off of basic bullshit. So, you know, like deep, meaningful conversations go a long way, don't they? Yeah, they do, mate. And having, you know, them certain people around you, you know, like I said about Gaz being a dark cloud, he's also a really big sage in my life. Yeah. As in, you know, he gives me really good sage advice yeah. when I'm being a little bit erratic and kind of doing that. I said, look, Tim, there's a good perspective, but have you thought about thinking like this? I'm just like, oh, yeah, that's actually quite like that. Before, I just used to fucking do it and fucking yeah. destroy people. And it's like, I need to... Yeah, I think I think ADHD hyper focused brain. You can very you can overwhelm people yeah, yeah, on that yeah. on that length yeah, sometimes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So so our area manager George, um, he's awesome. He's been a godsend because he's super cool, cookie all the time. Never never stress. Always all right. It's good. Cool, cool. And he but he understands how I work. Yeah. So so the message he like when I'm like, right, we need to launch this. He's like, yeah, but James, we need yeah, to think yeah, about. Yeah. And he, and he, he's like that filter for yeah. me. Yeah. Um. So he's incredible. Gemma, who I work with, um, is an incredible human. I've known her for years. She's she's high up there with us. And Justin, 
uh, one of one of my first mentors ended up going. To, he's actually a shareholder in the company. Um, you know, he's, he he kept me big 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 shout out to Justin actually, and I didn't mention in lockdown. He jumps to call me every day. He lives in Cyprus, you see, so he he kept me head together every day because he's just no emotion guy. Not not cold, but he just doesn't over analyze situations and he sees it for what it is. Yeah. And he's like, "Yeah, James, we just chill now. We use this money, buy stuff out, be patient, and then we open with more gyms." And that's simple as that. And that's how it happened. <laughs> so he's like, he's my he he's been a lot of my life a big leveler for me. And you've got to have people that level you out and complement your weaker areas. I'm excited, yeah. I'm excited for the future. I'm buzzing. I'm always excited, mate. I, ju- I jump every day. I can't wait to get out of bed. Fuck. I'm like, I wake up at four. I actually need the sleep to recover. I'm like, oh, okay, I've got that sleep. Six, five to six. Right, well, five to six, let's yeah. go. Um, I don't get sleep very well easily early in the night. Like it, like, I'd like to go be asleep for half nine, but I just, it doesn't, I just, I don't know how to do We're going to start with some cold water together. We'll do some stuff together. It does help, yeah. Yeah. Um, currently I gave up on it in the summer it was I had the uh, one of them loomy ice baths in the back garden through winter it was great it was always cold just top it up with a bit of ice yeah. but now at the minute it's, it's ended up being dragged to the bottom of the garden by my dog with piss and shit it's not the same when I go <laughs> there's like a, a little bit of a waterfall and because the waterfall where is it goes, it's just in Rivington up in is Bolton it? but it, it churns the water up so when you're in it it's always it, cold it energi- always cold and it, it energises you there's kind of, I don't know what it is it just like it. yeah beautiful mate still want to do it now <laughs> James pleasure mate honestly been a pleasure meeting been awesome. you having your part in my life now I'm really excited for where we're going oh, man. thank you for listening everybody goodbye